So here is a thought for you that I want to put out there. The notion that podcasting is actually an essential service. And this was put to me in no uncertain terms when I recorded Model Rail Radio this morning. The idea that these things that I put out in audio and others put out in audio are actually incredibly important in periods of time as we're experiencing currently. I received an email from Bruce Damer today just catching up, and I've really lost contact with Bruce somewhat intentionally after his movement to Project Moonshot and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the end of Biota was a pretty hard slamming door as far as I felt at the time. And certainly my interest to continue this development, you know, the stuff that I do, APSDK, what have you, was in contrast to Bruce's need to create a new, whatever, a charity more than anything. So to end Biota as a charity and to create this new charity. And really, the nature of Bruce as a kind of public-facing individual and, you know, everything he does with that, and the nature of Bruce as a person are two very distinct things. And Bruce has moved very much more into the public individual space. And this is really not someone who I have much to do with, right? I haven't had anything to do with, fundamentally. I do joke with people, the three reasons that I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area were to spend more time with Bruce Damer, to engage with the amazing local game stores, and to, you know, fix the pause button on my career. And I said, look, the game stores have been amazing. <laughs> That's the standard line. <laughs> Although now the game stores are closing down. So up until now, the game stores have been amazing. So it is an interesting thing where, I guess, you know, disappointment towards friendship, the whole nature of what it is to be an adult with adult friends and really just complete, I mean, aside from being married, complete social isolation as it has existed through this move to this part of the world, well, really a number of moves that I've made, has really been a defining part of my life. So it's interesting to get a, a social email from Bruce Damer, which I will no doubt respond to at some stage. My first thought was it would be interesting to do a you know two-person podcast around what is going on currently with someone like Bruce, but the main problem is that all the oxygen, I think, would be taken out of that podcast very quickly, as has historically been the cases of my you know podcast recordings with Bruce historically. So that initially kind of caused some smiles, but I will respond to Bruce sometime today just to let him know where we are. But this notion of the demographic, the folks that are involved with Model Rail Radio, in particular the fact that a good portion of the both listeners and participants are in the heavily at-risk category, is something that I've thought about very strongly. In particular, we had a listener who wanted to start up a, a just a chat, um, and then that became a formal show this morning. This idea that by just recording them, because actually getting them out... <laughs> It's, it's kind of a, there's a disconnect. Easy to record, hard to put out, or at least time consuming to put out. So that's a difficulty here that I'm spending, you know, a disproportionate amount of time, usually 2.5 times the recording time in actually getting these things out. So I've said to the listenership, if they don't mind a slight reduction in quality, I might get them out a little bit faster. But what we're planning on doing is basically moving model rail radio, at least in a recording sense, to a weekly podcast. And then just adjusting accordingly based on how things are, you know, panning out. But certainly for my wife and I, as the weather is currently, we're not doing much externally. You know, I think that will change as the weather improves in particular because we have limited air conditioning within the house. So it may be a circumstance where all this stuff changes for the summer months anyway. But the notion of putting ideas out in audio form as being something that is incredibly important. And here are some of my reflections on the current situation. I live with my wife. That is it. We have no 
social dependence. I'm doing, you know, FaceTime and just general calls with my family in Australia currently and keeping in contact with certain relations in the UK as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm doing some of that. But in terms of actual contact, in terms of transmissive contact, I have very few people in my immediate circle that I would be impacting. And I think there's an interesting discussion which is not being had in the US, but seems to be being had in the UK currently, associated with getting, once a percentage of the population has had this thing and then has immunities to this thing, then getting them back into regular productive work. Now, my ideally for me, it would be for me to have this get immunity and get on, right? The st- the situation of kind of staying in place and all this stuff is not ideal in any way, shape, or form. And the notion that I'm protecting a vast quantity of population by staying in place, I understand without question. But I think this thing has got to... There's got to be some movement from just everyone staying in place to some assessment of some portion of the population staying in place. And in particular, I have one friend in the UK who has not been formally diagnosed yet, but appears to have all the symptoms. And he is probably a decade older than I am. So hearing his account of this thing, if it turns out to be COVID-19, is is interesting. We don't have the testing here. The, the footage that people see of cars going through some drive-through testing facility, I think is in Colorado. We've had an addition of maybe, so in our area, we're now at, I think, 270 cases, eight deaths, eight deaths attributed. And we had a jump today, actually, of 80 cases. So we've almost added a third of the cases in the past day, which seems to indicate this is testing coming in, right? So the lack of testing and these kind of things is very curious currently and quite frustrating because, you know, we've got all this private healthcare. We have this top tier private healthcare that we pay a small fortune for. Well, they didn't have test kits, right? You would think that with this tiering, the, the high end folks should be preparing for the stuff. I mean, what are, you know, what are they being paid for if not for preparation? And instead it's going to the local services, the same local services that support local gang houses and things like that, you know, just in general, very low to no competency and in the worst possible case scenarios, actually explicit corruption. So, you know, it's one of these situations where, okay, I guess we stay in place until there's some broad kind of community discussion or really probably political discussion of what maintaining a large population where a portion of them clearly should be staying in place but another portion probably should be prioritized for, you know, vaccination and return to work conditions. So, you know, this could go on for months before this discussion actually occurs. So for now, I'm just talking (laughs) about this thing. But yeah, it does strike me that the nature of the response is so completely slow motion and, you know, not actively dynamically thinking about these kind of things. And it just, for many years now, I've been trying to get a public discussion associated with what happens next. Like the current political system is so fundamentally broken, there needs to be a discussion about what happens next, not a partisan discussion, a post-partisan discussion associated with why we still have, you know, four century-old political machinations controlling our existence when there are so many other possibilities it could no doubt yield slightly better circumstances. 
So, you know, historically it's been bad elections and these kind of things. I think this is a an interesting circumstance where those of us that are interested in having this discussion, which I think is a portion of the population, should be having this discussion more now. And, you know, what we see in local politics and, you know, national elections and all this other kind of stuff should indicate very clearly that the current system is really beyond broken. And, you know, it's time for a percentage of the population to have a conversation which could motivate a larger percentage of the population having a conversation going on. So I've thought about restarting the This Comes Next podcast in this light to at least, even as a solo voice, start voicing this thing in a in a very meaningful setting. And we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> All these good ideas come to me now on the weekend. But when the week starts again, these good ideas are quickly supplanted by other things. I really have not chosen to narrate any of that stuff, and my view is currently to not narrate any of that stuff. I think the nature of my day-to-day work has, has changed, uh, but at the same point, I really can't talk a lot about that. It just, just has to happen that way. But yeah, the nature of being, or trying to be, an independent thinker, but at the same point also earning a salary, is a very curious thing. So... Within this, I'm erring on, and both figuratively and literally, the side of, of conservatism. But I think increasingly, at least, this is what I always thought about with regards to my writing, that I could at least utilize my writing as a means of expressing some of these ideas independent from me as an entity. And thankfully, I have music now to do this as well, in some very curious sense. And the music is something that is, I'm actively working on as well. I said in my other podcast, My Rules Are Better, that I'm spending a lot of time working on the urban simulation software currently. The urban simulation software and the music are the two things that are really keeping me going in the evening with the view that I've solved some of the short-term issues with the urban simulation. There is still more to be solved, but I'm very much working on it in terms of something which is now more scalable, more universally usable, and just, you know, more... It's always been a bit of a bauble in its appearance and what have you, but increasingly moving that into something where People can immediately say, ah, this is useful because of this. And historically, you know, the, the simulation existed in the natural environment, let's call it that as a distinction, was also something where I thought I've got to get this to a point where it's more than just a bauble. Um, but I don't know, the urban simulation has a visual element to it. And I think adding, adding various things, elements like, uh, for example, you know, shopping centers or, uh, economic centers or business centers within the simulation as it exists currently coming very shortly. So what I'm doing currently is creating a lot of the underlying debugging elements, making sure that they're in place. So as people pick this thing up, there are useful elements that are already there that they can dwell upon. And I think the nature of releasing software in particular, releasing software in almost archival format has been, you want to get enough up that it's just running. Well, just running is not enough. You need to have underlying debugging resources. You need to have a lot of additional help for folks that will come to this thing and start experimenting with this thing, which my hope is potentially through the shutdown, some of that will happen. We haven't yet seen too much of that, but, you know, hope is a useful motivating factor. And here, the kind of shadow boxing aspect of this uh, has been a very helpful motivating factor to get more work in the urban simulation. So my hope with the music is maybe to put out another EP in maybe a two-month time frame. I've got a few bits and pieces that are coming together that are getting to that point where I'd like to have them out with priority. And my stuff is typically 
ideally formatted for EPs. Just to, you know, maybe three EPs a year is the way it'll go. So yes, I'm certainly keeping busy in my free time and also organizing my podcasting space to, you know, get it back to where it was uh, before the attic, attic, whatever one would call it, physical uh, annexation <laughs> of my podcasting space. So these are things that are keeping me busy currently. Please don't hesitate to get in contact. I've heard from a few listeners. I'm growing microgreens, thanks to Mike King, slowly coming up now. And also Paul Brian Hancock, long-time listener, his account of leaving Canada and going back to Hong Kong was really very fascinating. So I'm very thankful to have the likes of Paul Brian Hancock and Mike King as listeners as I ramble through this thing. Because, yes, it's wonderful to have listeners. They're such a luxury. Anyway, these are the way things are currently. My plan is to probably record one or two of these per week as ideas come through and put them out accordingly. Tom Babalay in San Jose, signing out. <laughs>